Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Special episode of 100 Words or Less, the podcast. I'm your host, Ray Harkins, and this is a special bonus episode. This is me and our producer, Tom Richfield, hanging out, talking about the show, sharing some behind-the-scenes stuff, some funny stories that we just couldn't ever explain except in this medium. And I think you'll enjoy it because uh, there was there were some things that I forgot about that Tom reminded me of and vice versa. So... Sit back, relax, hang out, pop up some coffee. I guess you pop coffee. I don't know what you do. Some people may pop it. In any event, here's a conversation between me and Tom. Enjoy. You, Tom, are are my hero in so many so many respects. But t- tell me what motivated you in the first place, because I've never really got the true story. Well, I guess there's not maybe not much of a story, but you know what motivated you to obviously you know email me and and were you surprised when I first asked you like, hey, I need some help? Like, how did that all go around in your head? I was I was actually kind of surprised you just told me to fuck off first of all because I read back the email the I sent you the other day and it wasn't intended, but it comes across of like massively passive aggressive and a little, <laughs> little bit patronizing as well. So you were extremely uh, gentle in your response, I should say. What what was it? What, what in particular did you feel that you came across uh, passive aggressive with? Because I don't. I mean, I honestly don't recall. I just recall the criticism of just like, oh, it could sound better, and that's like, yes. 
No shit. I knew that in my head, but it's nice to hear it. It's nice to read it on paper, but sure. that's hilarious. That was, that was, I'm sure that was the gist of what I was intending, but the way that I worded it kind of came off as the sounds awful. Give it here. I'll sort the shit out for you. So uh, yeah, I could have put it a little bit more delicately in, um, in hindsight. You, you obviously got your point across. So <laughs> were, were you surprised that I, I immediately was like, yeah, that sounds great. Uh, not so much like having, um, before I'd actually emailed you, I've been listening to the show ever since the first World Problems days, like from the first episode is when like a friend turned me onto it. So uh, I feel like I knew you already, Ray. I thought I knew you weren't going to be a dick and um, throw it back in my face or anything like that. That's that's good. I'm glad that that my reputation preceded me enough to where it's like, oh, yeah, I, feel, I don't feel like I'll be like totally shut down by this dude. Cool. <laughs> That's good. So, yeah, I, I guess you can also set up like, you know, I mean, how much much time this obviously takes from an editing standpoint. I know some episodes are definitely a lot more laborious than others. But I remember like when I was editing, you know, the first uh, whatever, I don't know, 20 or 30 episodes. I can't even honestly remember when you first came in <laughs> to the picture. Do you? What was the first episode you worked on? Do you remember? It would have been the Scott Vocal one was my uh, audition. Uh, that's right. I remember. I think we were phrasing it as such, even though I was like, oh, dude, you're in. You could, there's no way you could do worse than I am. Even if it sounds worse, I'm taking this burden off your hands, something like that. <laughs> no, totally. It was one of those things I was editing just basically in the background, like as I was working throughout the day yeah. and taking out obvious, like either, you know, huge pauses or like if someone said something that they shouldn't have on microphone, then I obviously edited that out. But, you know, I mean, it took took me like a good two or three hours to kind of, you know, filter through that and make sure that it all, you know, pieced together appropriately. Is yeah. that kind of, are, are you a little more efficient than me or is that roughly because you're doing a lot more heavy lifting than I was? Um, it's kind of changed. When I first started, I wanted to keep the editing kind of subtle, so I would, exactly like you said, just take out the long overbearing gaps and um, awkward silences and that kind of stuff. The more I did it, particularly around the Aaron Turner from ISIS episode, I think, I was literally editing out like any short gaps. Like Listening back, it doesn't sound like the slightest bit natural because there's no time for the guests to actually like breathe in between the uh, sentences as well. So I definitely went over the top then, but I think I've come full circle and I've actually managed to get it down to like natural now. I've kind of got the swing of things. Yeah, no, that's a good point. I never thought about that because, yeah, that definitely that was a weird in interview based on the fact that he w lives in like the middle of nowhere in Oregon. So his phone call kept dropping out. Yeah, I always feel bad. Like when I'm asking these people to appear on the show, I <laughs> I want to be like. All right, sit down in a controlled environment and talk to me for an hour. But that's not always the case. But yeah, his was always, it was his was weird. But I never thought about it from your perspective when what it was like. Oh yeah, there's no breath for the appropriate response. Yeah, it sounds very very strange listening back to it. <laughs> that's funny. So yeah, so yeah, you've you've refined your process. So it takes you you know what uh, I mean roughly around two or three hours or some a little bit longer for obviously like I said the the year end episodes as it were. That's about the ballpark figure. It kind of depends um, from guest to guest. Some some are really articulate and they don't need anything touching on it at all, and then. Some some guests will kind of use the word um, and like as punctuation almost. So that's a little bit more laborious. No, that's true. I think you can definitely tell, especially when I bring people on who obviously like in, in looking back at all the episodes, like I think one of the... <laughs> The funniest episodes that I, I 
personally edited myself was Jamie Morgan, the drummer from Code Orange Kids. Yeah. I mean, I felt like in so many ways he was like a rabid animal. He was just like <laughs> so ready to talk about anything and everything. And that was like shortly after they signed with Deathwish. And he was just like, yeah, he's just talking about all these labels and like not sort of dissing them, but then giving a compliment. And I was just like, oh man, this guy's unleashed. Like, <laughs> In a, in a good in a good way because he felt free, but then there was also a lot of that. Like I don't really know what I'm saying. I'm talking in circles, so to speak. I remember listening to that episode whilst I was on a beach in the south of France and was talking like a mile a minute. He seems like he was super excited that that anybody was actually asking his opinion on anything because uh, being a drummer, usually they kind of get sidelined and kind of crapped on a little bit. So I think he was just stoked that anybody cared really thought at all. Yeah, no, that's a good point. Yeah, the drummer's definitely. <laughs> you can tell. When a person has been sort of kept in the corner and not not been able to exert their opinions because they definitely start flying out where it's like, oh, okay. Like you have no one's asked you no one's asked you about this ever. Like I had to just sit uh, like sitting on his hands, like for God knows how many interviews and uh that was his reaction. Yeah, totally. It's like, uh yeah, Jamie, we'll just go ahead and talk to Reba, okay? Just you just be quiet. It's okay. The adults are speaking. <laughs> totally. We'll put you at the kids' table. So what what are some what are some moments that uh, that personally stuck out to you in regards to either you know funny anecdotal stories that you I mean like <laughs> you already mentioning that you're listening to the podcast on the beach in the south of France is already awesome yeah fitting it <laughs> into my extravagant Playboy lifestyle of course fitting fitting it into the uh, the lifestyle that the podcast now affords you <laughs> exactly all time favorite has down would be. Um... Ben Wyman from the Dillinger Escape Plan, and it would be the anecdote where he's talking about the the kind of notorious video of um, Dillinger Escape Plan playing that Virgin Megastores. And I remember actually watching that video as a kid, and then he's talking about how as they were playing and, you know, like the vocalist is like running over people's heads and they're like flailing about in every kind of direction and playing like super aggressive discordant noise. There's just like regular businessmen trying to walk down this escalator and then they see what's in front of them and then try running the wrong way back up the escalator. I was just in tears listening back to that. <laughs> It's so, yeah, it, it's so good because they're, it's so hard. I think now, especially where it's like you have those videos, you know, I mean, obviously people use the word viral. I mean, like, you know, it, it's difficult, especially for a band to create that sort of video. The ones that do kind of stand out, like everybody remembers like, oh yeah, I saw that video, you know, whatever. Like, you know, it's like, oh yeah, I remember like the first Poison the Well video where they were playing in a warehouse. Like that was revolutionary at the time or whatever. Botchler, if I recall correctly it, as well. It, yeah. I, it is exactly yeah. Botchler. See, ex you, both you and I. <laughs> Could remember exactly that video. I think I had the I had the deluxe version of whatever album that was on, and the crappiest quality, like bitrate. <laughs> yeah, it was like super pixelated. <laughs> exactly, it looks like it was Lego bricks playing like post hardcore. <laughs> That's amazing. That that video, that that Dillinger Escape Plan video, is is absolutely hilarious because it, it is it is those two worlds of like here's a world that is is foreign to the mainstream and then you put it in the mainstream in times square you can't that's not a good scenario yeah even to like the average metal listener didn't escape planet well they're not exactly the most uh like entry-level kind of stuff having like somebody like just your regular average citizen who's never had any kind of exposure to that coming towards them is uh is, is beautiful <laughs> no totally I, I i would be remiss if i didn't bring this up where because uh, I, I don't well, actually, I think I did send this to you where I had an entire episode with Davey Havoc from AFI recorded. Basically, it was just terrible audio. Did I ever send that to you or no? You didn't attempt it. No, I think you might have been too embarrassed. Yeah, it, it was. Oh, man, I was so bummed because it was 
I mean, in hindsight, I'm glad because the interview that you know we ended up doing with him was much better because it was yeah because yeah, it was a, it was a, a good environment. He was in a great headspace, like everything was perfect. But the other one I did with him was like after a photo shoot I did with him at my day job, and we had like I don't know 45 minutes to kind of bang something out because i just felt bad i was like i'm you know i don't want to punish you for like two hours because i could have done a two-hour episode with him yeah it it sounded that way yeah but uh yeah i just felt so bad because it was like and i let it sit like after because i mean i I think i recorded that i mean that was like maybe like episode it could have been like episode 20 or 30 it was very early on in the show's run i just felt so bad and then i let it sit there for a while just being like oh Hey, Davey, so remember that episode we recorded? Do you want to do that again? So, But I'm glad I never sent it to you. That was embarrassing. No, he's uh, he's a very accommodating guy by the sounds of it. Same goes for um, Ned Russell from Title Fight, who did the same interview twice as well. That was a uh, super gracious film. I... I, I... You know what? I completely forgot about that. Thank you for reminding me. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just bringing back all your fuck ups, <laughs> dude. I know. I yeah. Looking back, I didn't. Uh, maybe I just blocked that out of my memory. But yeah, I was like, oh, I only, I only really screwed up once, big time. But no, he was. That was another one. What? I can't remember what happened. What? I just. It didn't record, or from what I remember, I think it the file got corrupted or something along those lines. Oh, that's right. Because I switched computers, and then oh yeah, that was yeah, that was completely my bad. Obviously, it was my bad, <laughs> and, and it was weird too because I remember specifically being. You know, he. I hit him up pretty quickly. I was like, hey, I fucked up. This <laughs> file. This file's gone. I felt a lot of pressure to be like, okay, we're not going to hit the same notes, but. I want to get to the same places with you, <laughs> but he was, yeah, he was, like you said, accommodating. If you hadn't have said it, I don't think anybody would have picked it up. He, it didn't sound like you were retreading like familiar ground or anything like that. It sounded totally natural. Yeah, well, that's good. I'm glad, <laughs> I'm glad I was able to salvage that from that perspective. <laughs> the show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different things that stress us out, right? Like maybe it's something really, really small, like, man, that parking space, it's always taken. And I wish that I would be able to like get it instead of, you know, this person that maybe, you know, is the most courteous and considerate. I know that's something very random, but it's true. We all experience different things throughout the day that trigger us in so many different ways. And there are many times where I have been like, I wish that I had a a spot or a repository for me to, you know, get this stuff off of my chest. Because if you bottle it up, that is no bueno. And then all of a sudden you explode on a coworker or a friend or a family member being like, the parking spot. And people are like, what are you talking about? That is where therapy comes in. And I love working with BetterHelp because I'm a huge advocate for therapy, broadly speaking. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, please give BetterHelp a try. It is so easy because it's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you do is fill out a brief questionnaire and then you get matched with a licensed therapist. And if you are not vibing with the therapist for any reason, you can switch it out at no additional charge. Get things off of your chest with BetterHelp. So visit betterhelp.com slash Ray today to get 10% off of your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash Ray. 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with a king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. What, what else do you have on your uh, your rap sheet? The weirdest um, would probably be when I was editing the Jesse Lee podcast. Um, and this was actually whilst I was in America in San Francisco. And we were staying with some, some guys on Airbnb. My headphones weren't working for whatever reason. So I asked if I could borrow their hi-fi. And they were just hanging out in the house whilst I was editing this podcast about, you know, her lifestyle, getting its porn and stuff like that. So, um... <laughs> They were extremely polite to let me do that because um, there was some PG thirteen content in there, I guess. Right, <laughs> that's incredible. I love, I love the fact that I've never heard these little tidbits because it, it just <laughs> it paints like the best picture for me of you sitting in there and and hi fi for those of us living in America is a stereo. Oh, thank you um, for translating yes. that term. Yeah, no, it's a, it's okay. But hi fi again sounds so much better. I definitely get a mental picture of you just being like. Hey, give me a few hours. You might hear about blowjobs and, and and hardcore pornography, but it's okay. But I, like, I hadn't even made small talk with her or anything prior to this. This was like the day that I came in. It's like lanky, like skinny uh, little Jewish British kid just asking to do that. Must have been a bit weird for them. Sure. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. Hey, uh, can I borrow this for a few hours? I'm just going gonna, gonna to listen to a porn star if that's okay. <laughs> Is it okay with you guys? <laughs> but I'm sure I'm sure they have, a, they have a story themselves where they're like, oh, yeah, this was a weird experience. Exactly that, yeah. That's, that's probably their sole impression of uh, the British now as well. <laughs> you're, you're representing the country well. I'm the ambassador, yeah. I, I think I've told you this before, but here we'll, we'll do a little uh, show and tell, so to speak. The, uh, what do you think the most popular episode of all time is? Um, from what I remember, it would be uh, between the barrier to me, which is around fifteen thousand, something like that. You are you are very very correct. It is yeah, it's Tommy Rogers from Between the Barrier to Me. I mean, the episode is, has since I think it's, I mean, I think it's close to like thirty thousand or so. I mean, it's it's got a lot of downloads, um, but 
Yeah, it's still it, – it, it's weird because I can just – I can click in and look at, you know, who's listening like this past week or whatever as far as like how many downloads. And it's just consistently – it's like – I don't know. It's just it, – it's kind of weird because it's like you look at all of these, you know, varied guests and people you would expect. Like the people that I personally are like, oh, dude – this episode's going to be like huge. It, it does okay, and then the ones that I'm like, oh yeah, this will probably be okay. Yeah, are, are are like exceed my expectations. Maybe that's just my own personal expectations, but it's just so strange to watch that kind of track and see like who's actually you know <laughs> downloading the show. Especially considering you've had on like M Shadows, Movement Sevenfold, like a number one like, selling band and stuff like that. Um, it doesn't make a lot of sense. The Tommy being number one, although I like between the very and me, their average fan is probably the kind of person that Sergeant D from Stuff You'll Hate just makes fun of all the time, like neckbeard, like CEX <laughs> workers and that kind of stuff. No, that's true. Yeah, I think I think a lot of people. I mean, most of the feedback that I get on the show in general is always the fact that it's like people that don't. Well, for either one, don't get asked about their own personal life. And for two, don't reveal that about themselves to like just your average listener. It's yeah. like everybody, you know, everybody's always going to ask about, you know, oh, dude, you're super into comics. Like, who's your favorite comic book hero? And it's like, okay, like that. And that's like the extent of a person's life that you can get into or like where they were born. But that's it. Yeah. And so I think I know especially it's like <laughs> there's definitely I think on YouTube a dude that Tommy mentions in the interview, he like edited out that portion of it and put it on YouTube. So it's like Tommy mentions like, oh, I had a good interview with this one guy up in San Francisco. And that guy edited that part out and was like, oh my gosh, I'm so amazed at this. So like, <laughs> that is how dedicated the Between the Barry to Be fans are, where they're like clipping portions of the show and putting it up on YouTube. <laughs> That's awesome. But yeah. Time that was kind of most notable. Um, George from Deaf Heaven. Although they're kind of like indie press darlings and that kind of stuff, you don't don't tend to hear a ton of interviews with and that kind of stuff. Every time you see them live, he's just this like mysterious brooding guy, and in the interview, he's just super down to earth, chill dude. So that's the kind of kind yeah. of exposure you'd never get anywhere else. That's that's why I love doing this. It's a, it's a great point. I knowing him a little bit beforehand, I knew that was kind of like you know he's essentially just a stoner kid from Northern California. <laughs> it's so like being able to show that in some capacity while also like the thing that I always try to make sure to get across too is the fact that it's like these are professional people that have worked hard because I think there's a huge risk in just being like let's break down every stereotype of this person and like you know the 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 tabloid magazine oh they're just like us like <laughs> like of course that that is a reality but then making sure that it's like yo this stuff takes hard work too. Yeah. Like they don't just like arrive. That's one thing that like massively stuck out is when you hear these people who are, you know, huge bands, you assume they wrote a demo, got signed to Island Records the next day and it's all easily even since then. But yes, yeah, most of these people just have stories about being cramped in a crappy van for like two or three months on end with like shit fast food. Yeah, no, it, it totally. That, that's, I, I think it's like, it's fun. It's, it's fun for, you know, I know you as well for to hear those stories of just like, Oh wow, like that's so that's how you failed for years. <laughs> that's how you just you just had no idea what you were doing and because yeah, it's like the that is totally the conception where it's like, oh yeah, like you're you're young so you became successful and like there you go. Like even with like you know, one of the more recent episodes we did with uh, you know, Joe from the early November. Yes. It was like hearing his stories of just like, <laughs> Yeah, we were fucking like eighteen years old and got a van stolen, blew up one van and just like <laughs> unrelenting oh, so failure and misery. <laughs> Totally. It's like, oh yeah, you were like 
60 grand in the hole to your record label before you even played your like sixth show this is divine intervention just saying you should stop this isn't meant for you something else a funny anecdote that i wanted to share i think i mentioned this to you over email too where it was like i think the uh, sam mcfeeders interview um the singer of born against i can't remember exactly what episode number it was but in order to get him to appear on the show i had to write him a letter yes i did mention that yeah I had to physically, and I was actually, I was really intimidated um, to write him because, uh, you know, anytime anybody doesn't have an email on their website, that usually means something, you know, <laughs> like, don't, don't fucking contact me. Yeah, it's not exactly so, screaming, uh, I love people. Yeah, it's like, hey, reach out to me. No. Yeah, I think, it, I think it was something like, you know, write, write to me, you know, here, here's my address or whatever, or here's a PO box. I, I cause I got the idea from hanging out with a friend, um, that who also listens to the show and he was like oh dude that'd be amazing if you got sam mcfeeders and it's one of the that's exactly how i think of guests by the way if someone mentioned someone to me where i'm like oh yeah that'd be a good idea it's like same thing with you it's like when i when i write you and you're like oh that'd be cool with this person it's like oh yeah you're right so so any anybody that's listening to this particular episode that is, that, that is the amount of professionalism i pour into <laughs> the guests or it's like oh yeah that person would be compelling to talk to fortunately we don't have press agents knocking down our door trying to get guests on there it is getting a little bit better from that perspective where where people are pitching you know emailing me and are, are kind of pitching people but usually the people they pitch are good like the most you know the couple the, the some of the more recent episodes like i just got pitched uh steve evitz the producer like the oh. guy that's i mean yeah so he'll and he, he's yeah he's he's going to appear on a future show so that was all because of a press agent but anyways i lost my oh yeah sam mcfeeders yes. so the so yeah i was intimidated i was like i'll write him i'm like not expecting a response and so it's like i even included i remember specifically i was like i don't want this guy to pay for postage so i included a stamp like <laughs> I included like a self-addressed stamped envelope and I felt like, I felt like, you know, I was like 10 years old again, writing to like, you know, like whatever, Johnny Carson or something like that. Oh, please autograph this eight by 10 or something. Don't want to put you out. Yeah, exactly. I don't want to put you out the 44 cents or whatever it is in, in the States to mail something for you. It'd be like 47 pounds or something. Yeah. That's, but, that's the cost of living. But yeah. And then he, he emailed me back and he was just like, Oh, I feel like this will be a more efficient way of talking. <laughs> oh, that's all it took? I was like, okay. Somewhat, Hopefully he used my stamp for something. Yeah, it defeats the point somewhat of uh, having the whole mail entry. <laughs> but I, I definitely felt vindicated after that because I was like, oh, yeah. Like I got a, you know, in my mind, a, a legendary dude on the podcast. And the and what was even better about that too is that in my day job, <laughs> I, uh, I interact somewhat regularly with Steve Aoki, the very, very popular yes. uh, EDM artist. Yep. And he listened to that particular episode because Sam McFeeders is one of his favorite vocalists of all time. So I, I would have not pictured that. So. <laughs> not, not at all. Yeah, but there like, you go. There, there was like a Linkin Park interview the other day that, where they like referenced Botch as being one of their like biggest influences or something like that as well. And that seems just as out of place. What, really? Linkin yeah. Park? Yeah. Sergeant D posted it somewhere as well, come to think of it. Wow, that's yeah. amazing. Uh, so you, you have any more uh, funny anecdotes of, uh, of editing porn stars? Not exactly that. I had to on... In very, very rare occasions, um, parts where you've somewhat offended um, the artist, like uh, Mish Wei from um, White Lung. I think you you made a perfectly innocent comment saying, oh yeah, you, you maybe sound a little bit like the vocalist from uh, Pretty Girls Make Graves, which is a totally fair comparison. And you could um, you could actually hear her grinding her teeth as um, ended your sentence saying that as well. <laughs> Dude, I totally forgot about that. That's a... Yeah. <laughs> 
I can't recall very many instances where I, I feel, especially just because that one was obviously over Skype as well, so I couldn't feel like I get a sense of who the person really is, like face-to-face, sure. if I'm like bumming somebody out. But yeah, great point. I fucked that. Well, I, I like you said, <laughs> I just kind of walked right into that one. Probably like one of those comments was just totally fair, but she's so fucking sick of getting it all the time that it, uh, that probably leads to irritation. <laughs> no, totally. And she was, she, I was just excited because it was like, hey not only do i like this band but this is literally the first female on the podcast like this is ridiculous it's taking me this long to find someone who is like (laughs) of uh, you know in my mind of worth to talk to where it's like okay yeah they're contributing something awesome and they'll have great things to say so that's uh that's (laughs) our token one now we can we can like scream misogynistic remarks on the rooftops and we can hold that up as to uh say say we don't hate women that's fine totally it's like hey yeah yeah we're not sexist back off okay (laughs) all all i need to track down now is a uh well i think well i actually haven't done a rap sheet in regards to the nationalities and ethnicities of our guests but i'm (laughs) i'm fairly certain that we have not featured an african-american person on the show even though i could be wrong but Uh, my memory doesn't serve p.s Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Take oh, that one off. That's done. There, yeah. So basically, we're just moving forward racial boundaries. We're, we're all, That's all encompassing. Yeah. We're yeah, like yeah, a for... college brochure, <laughs> or the uh, an ad for the United Colors of Benetton. That's uh, I, I don't understand that reference, but I'll take your word for it. <laughs> I think. Well, I think Benetton. I thought that was in the UK. I think Benetton is like a clothing company. I don't know. Oh, whatever. Plus, I'm just a. I'm an un- uncultured hick, so that's entirely possible. <laughs> No, that's true. I'll I'll see if I can find an ad and send it to you. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do, too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. 
If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Thank you. The I remember in regards to like the whole sort of like friction like weirdness because I mean you're going to encounter that no matter what. But I remember when I was talking to uh, Ben Sharp from uh, Cloud Kicker, yeah, and I was really uh, I had to do a lot of work with him beforehand. To he was down to appear on the show, but he has so many stipulations in regards to like sharing basically the only element of his personal life that he has to keep secret, which is his yeah. job. I felt so strange because I was just like, he's like, yeah, you can reference it, but don't actually say it. And I'm like, <laughs> gonna have to dance around it a little bit. Totally. So I felt I felt very weird on that one, being like, uh, talking about uh, the sky and all these other. <laughs> All these other illusions to it, but not actually mentioning it, which obviously I won't do now. But <laughs> I, I definitely felt the I, I mean, he and he in his own right, like never, you know, balked from any of my statements, which is yep. good. But I, I definitely remember that being, a, a, you know, a lot of hula hoops I had to jump through in order to feel like, oh, I'm, I'm doing him, I'm doing right by him. It's a shame we're an audio only podcast. We were video. You could have used interpretive dance, some other means of communication. Uh, having said that, like, <laughs> no, given that he's a guy, like a single guy who puts out like at least an album a year, I, he kind of screams introvert a little bit. So there, there was a few points where you maybe working a little bit hard to get answers out of him. Oh no, that's a good point. Yeah, I, yeah, I didn't, I didn't think of the the it screams like, hey, you know, I'll do interviews, but just talk to me about my tones. <laughs> Talk to, talk to me about my drum machines exactly, or whatever yeah. it is that I'm using. Uh, what, what, what else do you have in your list that, that screamed out to you? Oh, uh, the first Brits to appear on your show, um, as far as I know, would have been Dan and Tom from Architects. That's definitely an um, all-time favorite episode. Um, I can't imagine how that would have sounded to you know the average American listener, given they're the most sarcastic people on earth and have the driest sense of humor. It might have just come across that they were absolute pricks to a lot of people, um, but <laughs> listening to that episode is just absolutely beautiful. Like, they're one of those um groups of people who's really good looking disgustingly talented and like just makes insanely witty off, off the cuff remarks as well all the time dude i'm, I'm so i'm so glad that like that resonated with you because it, it those guys like as a collective unit they're just like some of my favorite people just because they're they're such a weird band in the sense of they've been around for so long they literally go on holiday together <laughs> like it, it's it, they're basically they go they fly in the face of every convention that a band is supposed to be and they still exist and they're still, you know, on the rise. Yeah. But yeah, I, <laughs> it, I remember after, cause I was recording that, I think it was super late for them. It was probably like midnight or one in the morning. And I think they were kind of buzzed on some wine or something like that too. <laughs> cause I, yeah, I think I remember them mentioning over email, like, oh yeah, Ray, we're going to go into this little buzz. So ho hopefully you'll enjoy that. <laughs> yeah. They're definitely some of my favorite people in regards to their sarcasm above all. <laughs> I think um, the first ever time I saw a reference to One Life as War was when they were, like, were in a um, like, pull-out poster in Kerrang! magazine, so uh, I owe them props for that, for introducing me to my favorite band of all time as well. Oh, nice. And 
Nice little gateway reference right there. Yeah. That's perfect. There speaking yeah, of no. which. <laughs> yeah, speaking of which. Uh, yeah, Jeff Eaton is my favorite lyricist, front man, kind of descriptor of all time. So having him on the podcast, being able to actually be a part of that was definitely a particular highlight of being involved with this whole thing. That's awesome. Yeah, no, I was I was really excited to have him too because I was always... The people that I, I find really interesting too, like, because I know he had like... And he, he spoke about it, which I was grateful for, like the few years that he lived in LA where it was kind of like his dark period, you know, where he just, you know, uh, obviously modern life is war broken up. He moved out to LA to like try to do something that didn't happen. Modern life is war started back up. <laughs> you have these areas of people's lives that once their creative outlet kind of hits the wall, they, they make a drastic change. And then sometimes, you know, they get involved in like weird stuff. The, another person who I'm, I eventually will have on the podcast, but, um, I just honestly haven't reached out to you. It's like, uh, Blair from knapsack and the jealous sound yep. where it's like, basically from what I understand, and this is just me piecing random stuff together is he lived in Vegas. He was a school teacher at, this is after knapsack broke up. So he lived in Vegas, was a school teacher was involved in some heavy drug use and or a lot of females that were coming over to his place. Whether I, I think I may be uh, projecting here in the sense of uh, like I, I picture orgies and drugs. I don't think it was maybe that crazy, but again, a dark period in his life where he was just kind of like not being really particularly creative and just kind of like, oh, I'm just trying to kind of figure out what to do. But it's like, I always find those those periods really interesting in people's lives. I heard that um one of the guys from Most Precious Blood is now in like uh, whatever that uh, again I'm being totally ignorant the new uh New York mayor he's in like his administration or something like that blows my mind. Yeah no oh gosh I'm totally bl- it's not I'm totally blanking on his name but I, I know exactly who you're talking about I know it's like towards the end of Most Precious Blood he was basically he was just starting to get super involved in politics and yeah it's always interesting to see areas that people take when you're like oh I could see how that could apply to your life because of what you've been involved in but then there's others where you're just like you're into politics like and you're being you're in the mayor's office the fact that they've actually achieved like any kind of success and they're not just like working a crappy retail job for the rest of their lives is a is noble in itself no no because they had they have those experiences you know that obviously are just like this was important to me for this time and i was able to affect these people's lives that will never be able to thank me we you know it, it gave them something that they might not necessarily have ever gotten if they didn't get into, you know, my band or my artist or whatever, whatever I'm putting out there in the world. Yeah, hundred percent. I think one, uh, the other one I heard the other day was one of the the vocalists for the band. Another breath uh, has like several doctorates now or something like given like how frequently that band toured like how the fuck he had any time or like willpower left (laughs) over to do that kind of thing blows my mind no for sure it's totally true another sort of i wouldn't say trope but uh, you know in, in regards to like interviewing people some of my favorite things are trying to battle people in regards to like getting out of their press mind or whatever you know like the i'm gonna reference like uh frank uh, Frank Three Gun from Hapery, dude. It's like you know, episode ninety something or whatever. I scheduled that interview through a press agent. You know, they were totally accommodating. He was accommodating. Like everyone was fine, but it was like you know, I was one interview on a long list of of stuff that was happening that day, and so I could tell it was like the first fifteen twenty minutes of the conversation. He was basically in interview mode, and I had to like chip away at that, yeah, you know, sure. in order to. Have have you noticed 
any other examples that you, that you can think of or did you notice it in that particular episode uh i kind of did like usually i'm from what i gather he was doing several interviews that day so i think by the end of it he was relieved that you weren't asking inane bullshit like that so by the end of it it was totally fine kind of absolute polar opposite of that kind of thing is when you sit down with jeremy because it's literally two guys who are clearly best friends just uh kind of going at it that's um probably like the most fun episodes to listen to. um and when you have like joey cahill in the mix as well um because it's just yeah. completely natural you don't have to break the ice or anything like that you're just straight into it extremely gratifying to hear that's cool that's, i always feel like part of my job part of my job is obviously like interviewing people is to like for one above all is to like make them feel comfortable yeah. and i feel like you know the show has been accused in the past of like me just talking about myself and like clearly <laughs> clearly there's obviously going to be that like that's a reality yeah, like, yeah. that's my reality and i'm just I, i'm filtering it through my lens and that's what you're going to get but i feel like anytime like i've had some pretty interesting dialogues especially uh with people around the jordan from newfound glory his his episode got to a lot of people who i could tell like for one never listened to podcasts and two have never listened to the show in general so you already have that going on but then i had some interesting dialogues with people who are corresponding to me over email and they were just saying like hey you talk too much about yourself and then once i started to engage them they started to back off from that and realize like where i was coming from like okay i mention these things because i'm just trying to make the person like for one feel comfortable if yeah. they are sharing a huge story in their life that you know they're talking about their father coming out of the closet when he was like, you know, 50 some odd years old. It's like, yeah, that that's a huge thing to talk about. And so it's like, of course, I'm going to try to like <laughs> relate to him in some capacity in order for him to feel like, you know, okay. That it's like that information trade off, you know, it's like, you can't just, okay, that was interesting. So, and moving on, how did that make you feel? <laughs> so uh, are we hearing a new album anytime soon? Uh, enough about <laughs> kind of bored of the gay dad. <laughs> No, totally, totally. And you feel like, and that's totally the, the, the spot in which most interviewers would either deflect or like not try to explore. Mm. It's like, well, no, you, yeah, it's like, you don't want to be sensationalistic where it's just like, oh yeah, dude, now we've hit some dirt. Like, here we go. <laughs> Rubbing your hands together whilst you're listening. Yeah, no, totally. I, I, I think you, you hit on a very important point. I think that's what, you know, we try to do with the show where it's like, okay, this, this should be relatable. It shouldn't be, you know, all about the host. It needs to be about the interview subject, but there has to be some sort of, you know, heavy lifting that needs to be done in the first place in order to kind of break through that, you know? You can you can 100% ignore that criticism. Kind of like the Mark Maron podcast and the, the way he uh, his like, his guests feel comfortable because they usually have the same kind of background in comedy just as you do with having played in bands. It definitely makes guests feel more comfortable they're not just talking to some dickhead doing work experience for a communications degree or something like that that you're actually been through like a lot of the same common experiences and things like that yeah no for sure and honestly that's why i i love having you as a voice as well just because this medium is such a isolating experience and so it's like you know i honestly there are very are a lot of occasions in which i feel like i'm super needy of you and i'm just like tom tell me about is this okay tom and like i i i feel i feel like you're my lifeline in so many different capacities with it because otherwise i'm just like oh um, i'm just editing this show by myself and just put it out to the world and hit yeah some people are corresponding with me via email but it's not like a regular thing where i can reach out to them and be like hey tell me about this i'm acutely aware of how bizarre an experience it is to just talk by yourself into a microphone in an empty room as i'm doing right now and trying to keep it down so i don't wake up my parents because it's like midnight over here so the fact that you managed to crank that out once a week is 
uh, is fairly impressive. <laughs> well, thank, I, I appreciate that. This, uh, the, the work that we do together is great. <laughs> I want to hit, I want to hit on one last moment. And then obviously you could, you, you can have one last moment as well. Sure. The, since you came in on the Scott Vogel episode, I felt <laughs> I, he blew my mind because especially when he was relating his telemarketing experience <laughs> in regards, like, because here's a guy who has done 400,000 interviews and sp- you know, and spoke to people about hardcore for years and years and years. Right. And so here he is being able to contribute this wrinkle of his life where it's like, oh, yeah, after Barry Alive broke up and I moved to Arizona, I really I had the decision to A, start terror or B, kick ass at a telemarketing job <laughs> and like kill it and get like cruises and cars bought for me and stuff. It's like, dude, that's insane. That's it's so surreal listening back to that as well. The fact that before I heard that interview, I kind of thought he was like a bit of a caricature. Like if you imagine if a kid's cartoon show were to have a hardcore character, it would probably kind of look like him. <laughs> good, yeah, good point, yeah. good point. Um, but hearing him as like a three-dimensional person, like talking about like his, his relationship with his dad and that kind of stuff, none of which I don't think he's talked about at all beforehand was super enlightening. I kind of, that kind of like just shows what a ridiculously driven guy it is. Like he was like, oh, well, I can either be in a hardcore band or I can uh, be a telemarketer. Either way, he would have like succeeded extremely well that is such an important point because i do feel like people especially with an independent music it's like you you get painted with a very broad brush when you decide to not pursue being in a band full-time or something like that or you know devoting yourself wholly to your art and it's like there are nuances to it you know it's like someone can put push pause on that side of their life and explore something else and they can still be just as just as a whole person but they just decide not to you know, whatever, mosh for five years. It's like, you know, that could still exist. And so, yeah, that's a, a really important point. Leading on from that is probably the most like valuable uh, interviews I've listened to would be the what, either the one you did with um, Una Kim very recently or John Contino as well. They're both, by the sounds of it, just unbelievably hardworking people have like a super, super good work ethic. In that respect, I think the podcast has actually had an influence on me because beforehand it was kind of a lazy piece of shit uh, with my recording stuff, like uh, just waiting for bands to come along. And I, you kind of repeated the mantra of um, no waiting for permission and just like starting like by your own means. And I've pushed that and that's actually worked out pretty well as of late. So uh, that's 100% probably the biggest thing I've ever taken away from the podcast. That's awesome. I'm so glad to hear that. I mean, I didn't, I've definitely noticed your progression personally as far as like just the way that you've, I mean, you've always presented yourself to me very professionally, but then having the context of like seeing your stuff grow over time, just, you know, and from your own production experience and recording and the way your studio, you know, the way that you're developing your your studio career, that's cool that, you, that you've been able to like pull those pieces out and do exactly, you know, what, <laughs> what those people interview for in the first place where it's like, well, yeah, like this is, I want to lay out the blueprint of what made me successful. Don't follow it, but take these like nuggets of truth that I have found in my life that can kind of apply to anything. It's awesome. Well, I wrap up because we don't want to, who knows, we'll probably do like uh, six or seven different of these episodes as the, uh, as, <laughs> as the campaign continues. Looking forward to it. Yes. And I appreciate your time, Tom. You are, uh, you are a scholar and a gentleman, as I always say. Always a pleasure. Thank you, man. <laughs> The show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Trust me in saying that no matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you, and how you manage them can make all of the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp.com. 
Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.